1: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale and this podcast is all about making dressage make sense. In this episode, I thought considering the timing, it would be great to talk about No Stirrup November we're going to talk all about how you can take your stirrups away to effectively improve your position and we'll talk about lots of different tips and exercises that you can use to improve your seat, your position and your riding. If you enjoy this episode then please do share it, the best way to do this is usually through social media and you can tag us in it too to let us know what you think. Let's get started. If you know of anyone that is doing no stirrup November or wanting to try no stirrup work or is just wanting to improve their position or their seat, definitely send this episode to them. And I'd love for you to share this episode on your stories and let me know what you thought of the episode, what you're taking on board and what you're putting into your training. You can always leave a review as well, which I would be hugely grateful for as it gets the podcast out to more people and means that it can be shared with more riders that will hopefully be able to help too. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and I will see you next time. So for those of you that don't know, No Stirrup November is a quite popular kind of way of encouraging riders to take their stirrups away to develop their seat. Now, how people interpret no stirrup November seems to vary. I've seen some who have completely removed their stirrups to never be seen again until December. And I've seen others that start out slow with a few minutes and then kind of build up through the month. And there seem to be loads of plans and loads of kind of ways that you can get involved and kind of learn how to take your stirrups away. Obviously... Taking your stirrups away takes away your ability to rely on your stirrups and your stirrup leathers. You can't lean against them, you can't brace against them, and instead you need to use your seat and your core to stabilise and balance yourself in the saddle. Now doing no stirrup work regularly makes you... It kind of makes sure that you're sitting balanced in the middle of the saddle, that you don't tip backwards, you don't tip forwards, you don't tip left or right and that your seat is independent of your legs and your rings. This means that you can end up being a stronger rider, a straighter rider, a more balanced rider that gives much more clear and effective aids. No stirrups is also great for your awareness of your position as a rider because you'll notice as you develop your no stirrup work that your horse may become freer, straighter, softer and more supple and that will be because you're allowing them to move rather than restricting them and holding them. You're also going to end up being far more aware of those moments where you lose balance or you rely on the reins or you grip with your knees or your legs or your thighs and all those little moments where you notice your position gets lost and so by taking away your stirrups you take away basically a crutch something that you may unintentionally be relying on to keep yourself in the saddle but no stirrup work can also have a hugely negative effect on your riding and let me explain that if if you're using the right muscles that's great they will get stronger but if the right muscles aren't strong enough to hold you in the saddle your body is going to use other muscles to compensate and this is going to mean that you could end up gripping onto the reins and your horse's mouth or clamping with your legs to hold you in the saddle or gripping with your knees and your thighs or bracing with your back to try and keep yourself still. All of this is obviously going to have a hugely negative effect not only on your position but also on your horse. They could become blocked, they might come behind the leg, they might lose the relaxation over their back, they might become unsupple, they might become a bit fixed, and they might start leaning against you. I mean, the list could go on. So when doing no stirrup work, it can really transform your riding for the better, but do it wrong, and it can mean that you end up with a worse position and seat than when you started. So... I have created a list of tips and things to remember when doing no stirrup work. And these work as much for someone that has never done no stirrup work before as it does for someone who does it all the time. And if you follow these eight, yes, there are eight, if you follow these eight kind of reminders and tips, you will have a far greater likelihood of making sure that this no-stir work has a really positive and really beneficial way of improving your riding. So the first tip is to start with short periods of time. So, bearing in mind that we always want to make sure we are using the right muscles, we need to focus on doing no-stir work for really short periods of time, especially to start with. If it gets to a stage where the muscles we're trying to use get so tired they stop working other muscles will start taking over. And that's when the gripping and the bracing and the holding kicks in, which is something we obviously need to avoid. So the main focus is always about quality, not quantity. My second tip then is to do short periods regularly. So generally it's much better to do five to 10 minutes of no stirrup work every session or every other session than it is to do one whole session randomly every now and then. And it's like, if you go to the gym, you won't see progress if you go for four hours once in a blue moon. But smaller, shorter sessions regularly are going to help you to strengthen those correct muscles and see results in your position and your riding. The third tip then is to make sure you are in the right position before you start. So before you even think about moving, it's really important that you know how to get yourself into the correct position without your stirrups. So you want to make sure that you're not tipping forward or tipping back, or that you possibly have your weight down one side or the other. And spending time in the hole, practicing getting yourself into the right position is gonna help you build up that muscle memory. The right position though is all about you finding the middle ground. So you want to be sat in the middle of the saddle, not tipping forward, not tipping back with the weight going evenly down both of our seat bones and down through our legs. Our legs need to be relaxed and long and hanging down our horse's sides and your upper body needs to be tall so you can imagine that bit of string running all the way up through your body up to the sky. Tip number four then is to start in halt then progress up. So this is kind of carrying on with what we've spoken about before but It makes sure that you are able to sit in the correct position in halt before moving to walk. So you can then kind of get yourself into the right position. So if you start in the halt and get it in the halt, then move to the walk and spend time in the walk. And make sure you're able to maintain that correct position and move with the horse's movement. And then you can try the trot and then the canter. Remember, though, it's far more productive for you to do 10 minutes of good quality, no stirrup work in walk and halt than it is for you to try and do it in trot and canter, use the wrong muscles, brace, and then it's not going to have a productive benefit on your position. And it all comes down to this idea that kind of no stirrup work needs to be hard. If it's hard to the point where you are getting off aching and unable to walk the next day, you've quite clearly used the wrong muscles or you've overstrained the muscles past what they're actually physically able to do. So we've got to keep it short. We've got to keep those muscles kind of within the zone where they're developing and they're getting stronger, but they're not getting so exhausted to the point that we can't do it the next day. So all of this kind of start and halt and progress up is going to have an effect even if you've done no stirrup work time and time again so even if you're a pro at this stopping and actually checking in on your position may help you spot any issues or any weaknesses or any lacks of straightness or balance in your position a lot earlier so the aim is always to use our muscles and not hold our muscles so we always want to make sure that we're using the correct muscles but those muscles shouldn't be tensing or holding or fixing Number five then is to don't try to be still and instead move with the horse, not against them. So once you're into kind of the walk, trot, and canter, it's really, really important to try not to be still. Don't be still because the horse is moving underneath you. So our job as the rider is to allow that movement and move with it. So you want to think about relaxing your bum muscles and moving your hips with the horse's movement. Now, another thing I see is that riders try and kind of use their hips and their seat to force a rhythm in the trot. So they almost push and force the saddle almost forward. This then gets the horse out of the rhythm. So it's making sure that when we sit in the saddle, our seat and our glutes and our bum are soft with our legs soft that we absorb the movement and allow the horse to go forward not that we force the horse to go forward or the other end of the scale try to hold and be really still. Number six then is to keep your legs and your bum soft so you want to think about your bum being really relaxed and your legs hanging down your horse's side and this is going to allow you to do what we said before and move with the horse. As soon as you are fixed, you'll find you'll start bouncing around everywhere so if you find it's the trot very bouncy or you struggle to sit, try relaxing those bum muscles and those leg muscles and try to just move with the horse's movement. Number seven then is to absorb the movement with your glutes and your core. So I want you to imagine that your body is like a giant shock absorber. So if you tense and you fix and you try and hold, you're going to end up being basically propelled upwards by your horse moving underneath you and you'll just end up bouncing everywhere. But as soon as you're soft and imagine you're absorbing the horse's movement through your hips and your pelvis and your core and your legs, that's going to help you to move with them and not jar your back or your body. So if you find that you're bouncing around everywhere, pardon me, if you find you're bouncing around everywhere, try and relax. Imagine yourself sinking down into the saddle, relax your glutes and your bum and move with your horse, not against them. The final thing I want you to think about is to always spend some time with your stirrups back. So you've got to make sure that you take everything you've learnt and put it back into your no stirrup work. At the end of the day, you have to go down that centre line with your stirrups, unless you're a specific para rider. So you need to make sure that all the developments and all the improvements you've made with your position and all that awareness you've built and all that muscle memory and that focus, does get carried through to your work with stirrups too and this is especially important if you do things like sitting trot in your tests and also specifically in your canter as well so I hope that this episode has got you thinking about how you can incorporate no stirrup works into your routine not just for November but every single month Little and often is always the way forward. And as you get stronger, you can build up how long you do this for and try it in trots and canter and in movements and so on. But remember, it's all about quality, not quantity.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.